Good morning to everyone. So I just want to begin with a, a little announcement. <clears throat> and it's uh, in regard to the practice, the meditation practice. So in our meditation practice, um, you know, we are cultivating, there is some uh, intention and energy going into cultivating wholesome states and uh, stilling, you know, quietening and stilling the mind, the heart and mind. Uh, but it's not um, an aggressively uh, active practice in the way that we, we teach. So um, I think there are some people who are uh, doing pranayama in the hall, you know, like very focused breathing techniques and I know there have been in the past, recent past, other breath work going on in the hall. So this is all good stuff but it's not actually what we're doing here in this, in this time. So the, the practice in the, in the forest tradition that we are trained in, um, one of the reasons it's called the forest tradition is because it's, uh, it's practiced in nature and, you know, although we're in a hall, you know, we are surrounded by beautiful nature. And in nature, when one is in nature, nature doesn't really, isn't really interested in whether we're, you know, in anything about us, really. <laughs> you know, whether we were alive or dead, nature is, you know, it's just going to make good use of what's there. So that's one of the great advantages of practicing in nature, because our ego and our, um, you know, our aspirations, all of it is 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 not that important. So the the practice that we do is about realigning with the natural state, coming back to nature. So when sitting in meditation. So we're not trying to breathe a particular way and we're not trying to control the breath in order to get certain results. That, can, that is a practice, it's a yogic practice which can be done and that is, as far as we know the Buddha was quite accomplished in yogic practices. But the, but the practice that we're doing is paying attention to the natural experience of the breath. So there's, there's this interesting phenomenon that when, you know, like when we're walking around and in our, in our daily life, we don't really notice the breath unless we're, you know, out of breath or have an asthma attack or something like that. We generally don't really notice the breath. It's just going on. And, it, and the body's breathing. It's been breathing since like moments after we were born. It breathes while we're asleep. It breathes, uh, you know, if we if we're concussed. It breathes when we're watching TV. It breathes, you know, when we're swimming. It, the body breathes. So when we meditate, you know, we sit down and we say, "Okay, pay attention to the breath." Often, what happens is then we think, "Okay, pay attention to the breath." Now I have to do the breath. Now I have to do breathing. Now I have to control the breath to be a, a, a certain way long breaths or deep breaths or you know shallow breaths or whatever it may be so there's this curious phenomena that when we pay attention to things we think we have to control them and so in this practice we're not letting go of controlling the breath but we're more 
directing our attention. So we're learning to direct our attention so that it's not pulled into um, 10,000 things, 10,000 potential possibilities, but it's just staying focused with the body breathing. So this is um, something to explore, you know. So when, when you sit in meditation, is there a sense of like, okay, now I'm meditating, so now I'm, you know, like a quiet commentary. You know, now I'm now I'm supposed to be controlling my breath. So, how is it supposed? Or you know, I should I should be a certain way, or or let me do this breathing, or even just that the body starts to to uh, contract and um, have a sense of doing something. So the body is breathing, and we're making the invitation to pay attention to the body. And when we're doing walking meditation, the body is walking. And we're inviting attention on that experience of walking. And we're opening, we're emptying and opening the mind in order to, to see more clearly, to experience more directly this, this experience that is going on all the time. <clears throat> So it's an invitation to come back to what is, rather than to uh, try to come to a particular state or uh, try to get anything or get rid of anything. You know, we don't want to... uh, Well, actually, at that point, let me just make a little shift. So I wanted to speak a bit this morning about, um, you know, how we use our mind how you know the Buddha points out that the mind is the forerunner of all things. All things begin with mind. So it's important to know, get to know the tendencies of our own mind, which way it leans. You know, some minds are very active and investigative and need to be uh, kept busy. So if if you've got that kind of mind, then you find something wholesome to keep your mind active with. Investigation of Dhamma, study or exploring a teaching, or using uh, a more creative approach to meditation. So it might be that simply mindfulness of breath isn't, it's just just mind's too, too restless, it's not going to do it. And so then... Uh, you know, it can imbue the breath with a, with a quality or uh, use the breath to breathe through the body. Or, you know, find your own uh, creative way of working with the breath. So again, this isn't uh, making the breath different. It's not uh, controlling the breath itself, but it's, it's bringing attention to the breath in a way that stays interesting enough and connected enough. And then you may find, if you have a, a busy, active mind, that at some point it settles. Because this is what we are, uh, this is the potential, you know, like in that, um, in those images of the hindrances, the, the clear, still water is the, is the settled water, where we can see clearly the way things are. Uh, you might have a mind that tends to, towards negativity, Ill will, and then recognize that and realize that that's not to be cultivated. 
You might have a mind that's always seeking some nice experience, something better than this. And then just reflect on that, you know, every lovely experience you've ever had has arisen, been there for a while and then passed away. So to just to contemplate in these ways. <clears throat> and the Buddha uh, encouraged us to cultivate right thought. Samasankapa. So right thought is thoughts that are related to renunciation or letting go. Thoughts that are related to uh, non-harm or compassion, kindness, care. And thoughts that are related to uh, non-ill will or metta. Or generosity, I think, would fit in there. So he's so he's emphasizing the, what we do with our mind really makes a huge difference. It's, it's essential. So uh, if, so to have a, to bring an attitude of curiosity and investigation to what's going on here in your mind, the tendencies of the mind. And again, not to grasp that and say, I'm like this, I'm this kind of person. There's a tendency towards this. The mind tends in this direction. We can guide the mind. We don't have to just be like uh, slaves to the old (coughs) habits of the mind. So thoughts or intentions of letting go letting go of busyness, judgment, fear, uh, wanting, Um, there are many, you'll have probably a long list of your own, there are many, um, you know, in a a retreat situation also, it's like letting go of of who you are at home, the the context you're in at home, and just being here, just just here, a yogi in the hall, letting go of uh, all of the, the the memories, the stories, the worries, the complexities, and just allow yourself to fully be here, just here, with this body, with this breath, for this time. And then thoughts of uh, non-harm or intentions of non-harm and non-ill will. <clears throat> so often, you know, in, in this kind of situation, there can be thoughts of harm and ill will towards oneself. Strong self-critics coming in, judging, uh, comparing. And so just recognizing that these are these are intentions of harm, intentions of ill will that are leading us in the wrong direction. So we might be like, I really want to be a good practitioner and I want to deepen my practice and then our way of doing that is to be self-critical and judgmental and harsh. So just recognizing that that very quality is going in the wrong direction (laughs) and we need to cultivate kindness, compassion, acceptance, and letting go. 
So these qualities, they create a pleasant environment for us to dwell in, inside here, internally. And there, the intention of letting go is an essential aspect of the path. Because everything that we hold on to, we have to let go of. Everything that we cherish, we have to let go of. It is just the way of things. Everything is changing. So we don't have to be afraid, you know, like reject everything because everything's changing. It's more that we learn to meet it in the moment. We meet what's arising, we know it. We take it in with an in-breath. We take it in and then we let it go. So... uh, So wisdom understands that everything is changing, everything is passing, everything is falling away. Wisdom understands that there are no things, that things are a process. Now we're at a time when science also understands that very clearly on on a quite deep and subtle level. So uh, wisdom understands that you know, holding on to anything is, is futile. And, uh, and compassion is what meets our experience. It's compassion or, 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 um, or love. I don't want to use the word love. You know, we meet our experience with, with a sense of humanity and uh, recognizing our interconnectedness. So these are like two aspects of the same truth. And it's something that I really love about the Buddha's teaching, that he doesn't, he doesn't say because everything is empty, because everything is changing, um, you know, because there is no inherent self that you can pin down and keep, then nothing matters. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say everything's, all, all conditions are empty, therefore... Do what you like, nothing really matters. He says, all conditions are empty. And how we relate to each other matters a lot. Because we're all part of each other. We're all, you know, literally we're all breathing together. Here in the hall, the trees, the animals, the bacteria in the earth, everything. We're all breathing together. We're all part of each other. So when I harm something else, you know, if I harm you, I'm harming myself, I'm harming the whole. So there's this understanding that, you know, as long as we're still caught in the patterns of of control and dominance and um, harming and uh, resenting, you know, when we're holding somebody in a relationship of resentment and ill will, where we, we, I mean, even though it is, it is natural, you know, this is what we do, on, a, on an awakened level, it makes absolutely no sense to do that. So as the heart and mind awaken to the truth of the way things are, it's natural to have care and concern for all beings. 
It's natural to wish for the welfare of all beings. It's natural to, uh, you know, have metta for all beings. It's just, it's just natural. They don't have to work at it anymore. But until we get there, until we're at that place, we do need to work at it. And we do need to, to notice where those tendencies of grasping, seeking, yearning, um, uh, intending harm, wanting to harm or dominate or control others, and uh, resentment and uh, thoughts of cruelty or ill will, wishing wishing ill will on others, you know, just or on oneself, just noticing where they come in, and I think the the really important place. I mean, it's all important, but very very important to notice where it's turned inwards, because it can be so much the waters that we live in that we don't even notice, we don't even know we're doing it. So there's this ongoing judge, critic, that's kind of debilitating our lives. And it doesn't have to be that way. So cultivating a mind of compassion, a heart-mind of compassion, kindness and letting go. So when we find, you know, we're caught up in some tight, uh, critical mind state, to bring those wholesome qualities to that mind state. It's not to layer on top more criticism, more judgment. But like, oh yeah, ouch, it's painful. It's painful. Painful to feel other, to feel separate, to feel uh, better than all of those things, worse than. It's painful because it's not really aligned with reality. So to remember our interconnectedness, that we are all arising together, we're all co Dependently co-arising everything, everything in this world, in this universe. And in that, if you can remember to let go of the tightness and the me and mine story, should and shouldn't stories, and uh, recognize our potential you know, to to live from a place of compassion, kindness, because we are all interconnected and letting go, letting go. So bringing that into our meditation practice, we start off with a focus and a, an intention and that can lead us you know, more clearly, give us some direction. And then at some point, as the mind starts to settle, we let go and allow the practice. So we sort of move, we learn how to move from doing to being. 
we can't always get, go straight there. Sometimes we have to be doing the practice, you know, focusing and intending and, and tending. And then at some point, just allowing the awareness to know the breath, the body breathing, moving into a state of being. So let's find our posture for meditation. Finding that place of balance where there's energy and alertness in your posture. And there's a openness and relaxation. Making room for the body to breathe. Receive and let go of the breath. With uh, meditation on the breath, you can be aware of the breath in the belly, rising and falling of the belly, or in the chest, or at the nostrils, if you wish. Personally, I prefer to experience the body breathing, belly or chest. Just noticing whether any tension arises when you direct your attention to the breath. And if it does, Know, know that, know where it is. And just invite the breath to breathe the body. Breathing in, we're receiving the life energy, oxygen. Prana. Breathing out, we're letting go of what we no longer need. We're receiving and letting go. And this receiving and letting go is like a this is like the, the nature of of life. You receive, appreciate, things, uh, breath comes to a, a um, like a fullness and then we let go, it starts to release Then there's a moment where the breath stops, if you might notice, at the end of an out-breath. 
if we allow it, there's this little moment where the breath stops. And then so far, there's another in-breath. We're really paying attention to the whole process of the breath. The quality of the breath, breathing in, the texture of the breath is different to breathing out. The temperature is a little different. Sometimes the breath is long, sometimes short. Sometimes deep, sometimes shallow. So you're just knowing it as it is. Not trying to make it a certain way. Resting into the breath.
we'll move into movement meditation <clears throat> and you know, take care of any settledness or you know, the mindfulness you're developing over this time. Take it with you. Don't uh, don't let it get let yourself get pulled out and distracted. When just really take care of immersing mindfulness in the body and uh, have a practice discussion group this morning downstairs so out here down the stairs underneath with uh, Elisa W Anandi G Carolyn S Cheryl E Christina M Diana H Desiree Q and Ceci S. Okay. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.